Hey there, friends. It's Nick. So, my favourite, my favourite T-shirt yesterday at the Comic Con was the guy who'd, or the kid. It was a kid. I guess he was like a teenager, maybe a young teenager, thirteen, fourteen. He had a sweatshirt on actually, and the the sweatshirt read. I paused my game to be here, <laughs> which I just love. I think that says a lot about the kind of audience who go to Comic-Con. But the main thing about it, I mean, I didn't say this yesterday, but I think my daughter and I spent about f- almost five hours at Comic-Con. And this is a massive place. But after five hours, we were both exhausted. I mean, it's more, you know, it's more people than we've seen in years, probably. But... What you're getting is this, it's like having a year's worth of sensory data downloaded into your brain in one go. Not only are there thousands of other humans around, they are dressed in these extraordinary ways. And I talked a bit about the costumes yesterday. My favourite costume, I think, was a guy who'd created an almost perfect Davros costume, including the, if, if you're not familiar, Davros is the creator of the Daleks in Doctor Who. Uh, he was, I think, introduced in some of the early, or not early, but some of the Tom Baker, so relatively early Doctor, the fourth Doctor, who was, when I was growing up, he was my Doctor Who, Tom Baker. He was in the role for years. And I think Davros got introduced in a, in a story called Genesis of the Daleks, which I had the book of, as well as having seen it on TV. He's like this old wizened kind of man who's got... He goes around in a little electric car, which is like the base of a, of a Dalek. And this guy yesterday had created just this brilliant costume. In fact, what I'll do is I'll make it the the graphic for this particular version of the podcast so you can see some of what I see yesterday, because he was kind enough to let me take a photo. I mean, it's kind of technicolour, so it's not, it's not accurate, accurate, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, it, I mean, he had the mask on and everything, and he, you know... It was extraordinary. And there were, everywhere you turned, there were people who'd done extraordinary things. I mean, things that would make it impossible to sort of go around the show, really, but they came to show that their uh, their, their passion and their craft. There was a guy, for example, I mean, just, um, I'll just give you a couple of um, examples just for fun. There was a guy who'd come as a, like a, well, it looked like a tr- from the back. It looked like a treasure chest. He was, he had legs sticking out, but but there was a big kind of treasure chest all the way over him, and he was sort of embedded in this treasure chest. It must have been about five feet wide, really big costume. And when you went around the front, and the lid was open, and it had a big kind of tongue, and it had teeth, and his arms were kind of reaching out. It was it was like a kind of magical evil chest. It was extraordinary. The weirdest one. The weirdest one, and I don't know, I don't know what I think about this person, but they came. This was a guy, big guy, uh, maybe six feet tall, six feet three, something like that, who came as the girl who's trapped at the bottom of the well in Silence of the Lambs, the movie. Now, if you've seen Silence of the Lambs, you'll know that um, Buffalo Bill is taking women and he's dropping, basically, essentially, he, nasty, nasty, but he wants to build a a uh, a skin, a new skin for himself. So he's taking girls of a certain size, he's dropping them in, in his well and he's keeping them there 
uh, until he's ready to, anyway, to do what he needs to do. And he drops down a bucket so that they can, you know, get some food or get rid of waste and all that kind of stuff. This guy had this costume on. <laughs> I mean, he was massive. He had a blonde wig on. Then he had a board up the back of him that, if you can imagine, kind of probably went about up about five feet. It was maybe three or four feet wide. They went up about five feet and then it kind of curved. And on this board was essentially a really large printed screenshot of the well from Silence of the Lambs, the movie. And at the top of the board, looking down into this kind of well, over this guy, was Buffalo Bill from the movie. And <laughs> hanging down, hanging down on a bit of rope from the top of this board, in front of the guy's face was a real-life bucket. And I think, I mean, I just... There were lots of extra extraordinary costumes there. But... I, d I don't know whether this was a bet or it was something, you know, that, that I, d I don't know. I and mean, this is part of the fun of going. But, but as you can imagine, I mean, I would say, I would say half the people there were in some form of costume. And the rest were like, like me, you know, I had a Critical Role t-shirt on. Um, but that's part of the point because uh, everybody, as I said yesterday, everybody is, they are, they're wearing their geek credentials proudly and they are you know there's a big tribe of geeks a big type of story geeks comic-con and within that of course there's lots of of sub tribes and i was in the critical role sub tribe so i had you know like a lady comes along and says i like your t-shirt that's a way of saying i'm too i'm a fan i know that too and this whole thing of so much visual information. In fact, it reminded me a bit, if you've read Mastery by Robert Greene, in the introduction to Mastery, which is really about our ability as humans, our almost unique, well, our unique ability in the kind of the, the animal kingdom, our ability as humans to, to become masters of skills and thinking. And he's, he talks about, at the start of that book, he talks about the two things that really elevated us above above the rest of the animal kingdom one was our, our our visual sense you know we're relatively unusual what most animals that have their eyes on the front of their faces which gives us that kind of binocular vision that 3d depth perception most of them are predators you know you, if you if you look at something like a giraffe or an elephant you know i'm just talking about where where humans evolved. If you look at, you know, they have the eyes on the side of their head, which gives them great panoramic views, but it doesn't give them that, that ability to focus very close. It doesn't give them that uh, binocular 3D depth sense of the world. Yeah, and we had that. And although we weren't, you know, we, we came from primates, obviously. Primates weren't particularly predators but they did need very good hand-eye coordination because we were swinging through trees and they also developed color vision so that we could you know they could we could um you know find the ripe fruit rather than eating the bad stuff all that kind of kind of thing so that the visual thing was the first thing and the visual yesterday the visual kind of overload of going to comic-con you know it was it was like i said a year's information in four or five hours um the other thing that Green mentions in his book is 
is the social side. Because when we come out of the trees, when we're down on our two legs, we're relatively speaking, we're, we're, we're not strong. We don't have strong teeth. We don't have strong muscles. We're not fast. You know, we don't have claws. And although our vision meant that we could look to the horizon and we could see things in the distance and see how distant they were, we really relied, and I've talked about this before, you know, we've really, primates are essentially social animals and humans the most social of all because without the tribe, we wouldn't survive. And, I mean, this is sort of, uh, I guess it's kind of tangential, but both going to this thing yesterday reminded me of both these things, that kind of visual feast and the and the... the the thing that our sight gives us and also this sense of the group, the tribe, the sub-tribe and how important it is. And like I said yesterday, it was really, it was a really good thing, not only to, to know that the niches are there and we can reach them now through the internet, but to actually see the niches of different people, young and old and, you know, fat and thin and good looking and not good looking, all of them doing the thing they wanted to do and uh, it is an extraordinary, extraordinary experience anyway I'll stop talking about comic-con for a bit now but uh, if you're at all into that kind of thing it's definitely worth going and if you're not you're into something right you you are part of a tribe and there's real power and a kind of joy in getting together with your tribe I guess whoever they might be Anyway, God, that's a long podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember that your story means business. And if you want to dig deeper into the stuff that I do online, search story.business. Bye now.